Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, I'm Sarah Ellis, and this is a Squiggly Careers podcast. This episode is one of a very special series of short conversations that we've had with this year's LinkedIn changemakers, which we're also really proud to be included in. Each of the people that we talk to is pioneering important change in the world of work, making a difference in areas including equality, mental health and sustainability. We're really looking forward to learning more about how they've made change happen, their hopes for the future and how we can all get involved. Today, you'll be hearing my conversation with Phil Opuku-Jamar. This is a conversation that I will always remember. Phil is an incredibly inspiring person to spend time with, not only because the work that she has done and continues to do really is the epitome of what it means to be a change maker. She was one of the co-founders of UK Black Pride. She's now an executive director of an organisation called the Kaleidoscope Trust, who worked to uphold human rights of the LGBTQI plus people across the world. But she also just has this real generosity of spirit and optimism and just inclusion, which I guess is no surprise, that shines through in everything that she says and that she does. It just felt like such a pleasure and a privilege to spend time with her And I learned so much, as well as just felt really uplifted by our conversation together. So I hope you have the same feeling listening wherever you're listening today. And I'll be back at the end to let you know who else you can hear from in the series and also where you can find links to learn more about the amazing work that Phil and her teams do. So, Phil, thank you so much for joining us today on the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm really excited about our conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is like a pleasure to have great conversation with great change makers and people who are (laughs) doing wonderful things. So I wonder if we could start today's conversation, if perhaps people aren't familiar with your work, maybe you could just talk to us a bit about the change that you are pioneering and so passionate about leading in the work that you do today, but it's also been your work really for all of your life, I think, certainly from the research and the interviews that I've read about you. Yeah, so I guess this is, it's always weird when someone asks you to talk about your work, because especially sometimes as women, we don't often sing our own praises and talk about the great changes that we've made. So my job or my roles are, I am the co-founder and executive director of UK Black Pride. UK Black Pride is 
not just a one day pride celebration, but it's an event and a movement that really works to foster great links with those from the African, Caribbean, Asian, Middle Eastern, Latin American, who happen to be LGBTQIA+. And really, this was created and born out of, I would say, a necessity, out of a frustration, out of us not seeing ourselves in the wider LGBT mainstream movements and also prides itself. And it's about tackling racism, homophobia, biphobia, Islamophobia, all of the many discriminations that touch our lives. And that is really my volunteer work because nobody within the UK Black Pride team are paid to do this work. So we're all volunteers. And then I have a day job. I head up an international LGBT human rights charity called Kaleidoscope Trust, which really is about making sure we can uphold human rights for LGBT plus people around the world and primarily in the Commonwealth. I was reading a brilliant article about you in GQ, which I'll include in the show notes for today's episode. And I just thought your answers were were really fascinating. And it sounded to me that equality and the kind of desire to work in equality, to make things fair and equal for everyone, has almost always been part of your DNA. Have I understood that right? Or was there a particular moment at work where you suddenly thought... I am going to make this my life's work. So, Because for some people, some of the change makers we've spoken to, there was a particular moment or event that sort of changed the course of their career or their life. But for you, I just sensed that it was almost just who you are. But I could be wrong because it's the first time that we're, we're talking. No, you're absolutely right. And I guess if I'm asked, what was that really pivotal moment that made you say, this is what you're going into? I guess being born a black girl showed me that there will be challenges that you face and I think the way that I have had to navigate society navigate the world has told me that you know equity and the inequalities that we see are things that I always want to change you know there's a quote from Audrey Lord none of us are free until all of us are free and I can't profess to sit here about making change if I'm only doing this for a select group of people if I'm only focusing on just myself and a few others so yeah my work around equality justice equity freedoms inclusion and intersectionality all of that has been I would say from day dots and I have a a very powerful mother and Mm -hmm. uh, and father who have come to this country with like little or less than nothing and they have always fought for what they have and they've also taught me that nothing is just handed to you on a plate so we have to work hard and actually that word hard is really interesting because I think creating any change any type of change is always hard because we're trying to encourage and ask and and prompt and provoke people to do something different to change behavior in some way or to think in a different way and you know the work that you do I think is particularly hard all change is hard but it's not easy the areas that you pioneer and so in those moments where it has felt difficult and you know we'll have lots of listeners who I'm sure would really you know perhaps aspiring to do similar work to yourself or are trying to do similar work 
what does keep you going when it feels really tough and you have those difficult days where it perhaps feels like we're taking three steps backwards before we make any steps forward? What helps you in those times? Oh my gosh, that's a brilliant question. I I look at progress as not a one size fits all. Mm. Um, one of the things that I do constantly to keep myself going is I'm always reimagining what difference looks like. I'm always reimagining, you know, what it feels like or will feel like for people to not have to deal with the hurt and pain that's called racism or white supremacy. I'm always reimagining what it's like to be able to occupy spaces and not have to be tokenized or not have to be discriminated. I'm always reimagining difference around what does it mean for one to have the right to love who they love? You know, what does it mean for us to have access to good health, to, you know, to to come out of poverty? And I guess that's what keeps me going because the moment I stop imagining or reimagining that means that I become complacent because I'm comfortable in where I am that might also mean that I'm kind of okay and I'm just gonna it's just come see come sign mm. that's that's not the case I think when you're looking at change that you want to create you also have to remember that no man no woman no person is an island and it has to be done within this collective struggle of life and you have to bring people with you. You have to understand the different intersections of people's lives and think about how do you have an amplified voice on many, many different you know, causes and situations that means that you're turning up the volume on society. So I guess for me, it's reimagining. What keeps me going is knowing that there are others, especially the next generation, who are so strong-minded. They are determined. They are committed to really wanting to see change. And there's a there's a quote that I use all the time that's about the next generation. It, it says, "You do not inherit this land." from your parents or your carers you borrow it from the next generation so that means to me I have an absolute duty of care I have a responsibility to make sure the next generation are not struggling half as much as I am the same way those people whose shoulders I stand on have made it possible for me to even have a conversation like this with you for me to even occupy spaces and go into meetings with high level officials, we make it easier always for the next set of people that come after us. And if we're not doing that, then I think we need to reevaluate and question who are we doing this for? That's such a it's such a brilliant approach to adversity and to those difficult days that we talked about in terms of keeping you optimistic and also that kind of sense of like why why are you doing the work that you do and when you think about the past year and some of your work must have been really impacted by covid in terms of how you work and also what you're able to create i'm really interested in terms of what 
when you do think back to the last 12 or 18 months, which has been difficult in so many ways, even in spite of all of this adversity coming from all different directions, to be honest, in the last 12 to 18 months, has there been a kind of standout moment where you've just felt really proud about the progress that you and, of course, the others around you have been able to make? So I guess I will always say, you know, UK Black Pride is always a proud moment. I think given that many prides around the country, around the world, had to put their events on hold, we still managed to have an online event that catered for many. It was transformative it was liberating it was empowering and you know we got deeper into communities we had more people attend our online event that than we'd ever have in an in-person event so it showed us there's a need and an appetite but what we actually did you know through the two prides was we spoke about home and the many people who are stuck at home, but they're also in homes where they don't feel safe about, you know, who they are, whether they're trans, non-binary, they're queer, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and they're in homes and that they really wanted to sort of get out of, but because of COVID, they were restricted there. We made sure that this was about us connecting them having some solidarity but also some respite we made sure that we were also able to tap tap into our migrants and refugee community and asylum seekers by using money that we had raised to top up their data so that they could join because I think in this world of COVID people automatically assume that you know you can jump online and take a call whereas when you think about those who are even more marginalized that don't have that funds how can they participate in something if they don't have data so we had to think differently and this is what inclusion the work around inclusion is about thinking differently about who is participating in spaces. Do you have all voices? And then I think, you know, what I am also proud of is just looking at the work that I and my teams have done through Kaleidoscope Trust and UK Black Pride, which has lent itself to understanding what being compassionate and kind and loving is all about. You know, many of us in the Black and the POC, which is people of colour, queer communities, we've lost people through Mm -hmm. COVID. We've seen a disproportionate impact on Black and Asian and other minority groups because of how it's disproportionately hit them. And, you know, we're still dealing with the effects of whether it's Grenfell, whether it's, you know, the Windrush, whether it's, you know, homelessness. So compassion throughout these last 12 to 18 months has gone a long way in just making sure people know that we are here for you. We want to be transformative with you, but we want to also support. We want to be that listening ear. We want to be that person that you wish to cry with, that you wish to laugh with, but more importantly, that we can hold space and be chosen family with each other even though we are going through a pandemic. So that's what I'm most proud of, that we've still been able to connect. I'm interested to know, you talked about, like, you know, you stand on the shoulders of the people that have come before you. And I just wondered whether there are any particular role models that you've had in your life, whether those are 
personal ones or kind of people perhaps who aren't with us anymore, but people that you have always looked to for inspiration who perhaps have showed you the art of the possible? Oh my gosh, there are so <laughs> many people. Um, so I guess those who are no longer with us, I would say your Toni Morrison's, because yeah. um, I love, you know, I, I love reading her books from yeah. Zulu to Beloved, you know, um, Audrey Lord, her work that really speaks to intersectionality before it was even coined by Professor Kimberly Crenshaw. Oof, there's so many. <laughs> James Baldwin, his work ins- has inspired me. Langston Hughes, I would say in the living, you have people like Kimberly Crenshaw, you have Chloe um, Cousins from Manchester, Rainbow Noir, Tanya Compass um, that runs Exist Loudly, Josh Rivers from Busy Being Black, Aisha Shaibu from Moonlight Experience, and Lexi Lenore from UK Black Pride, and Maud Gober. There are so many people, and I often use the opportunity to write about them and how they've helped shape what I do. So, you know, forgive me for missing anybody out, but the one main person that consistently and constantly inspires me is my daughter and my daughter is you know she's just turned 26 and I remember when she was going through university she joined every society possible (laughs) I I kept on saying to her if you are part of the LGBT plus community you can tell me I'm here for you she's like mum being gay is not hereditary I just (laughs) want to be able to you know support wherever I can and I guess my journey of coming out and also being where I'm at today she is so supportive and you know she even broke up with a boyfriend because he was a little bit homophobic on some of the things that he said and she cut that off at the knees because she is not standing for any form of discrimination and I'm like if I leave this earth today I have left a legacy I have left a young person who is going to take up the baton hold up you know what we've fought for so hard and continue to do the work that's why I'm inspired by her Oh, she sounds amazing, as do all the other people that you mentioned. So what we will do for everybody listening, because I know some people listen to this while they are out walking or perhaps in the car, I will research all of those people and we will put links to all of their work in our show notes. And on that, Phil, if people are listening and thinking, how can I help? What can I do to get involved, to support? And I appreciate this must be a question that you are you are asked a lot. But I think sometimes people aren't sure where to start or how they can be useful where would you encourage people to is it about working on themselves and thinking about educating yourself and understanding more about this area or is it about more we talk about allyship and actions obviously not centering yourself but being very active in your support so I'd just be interested as we kind of come to the end of the conversation to all of the people listening who will have been really inspired I know listening to our conversation today what I want people to do is do more than listen so what what does that look like I I guess you know it's all of what you said but you know when we're talking about allyship and what Mm. people want to do I'm always clear that allyship is situational 
it is not a one size fits all. There are many different things. So I would say, firstly, this is about do your homework and your research. You know, Google is your friend. Think about what books you can read. Like there's a book called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People Around Race, yeah. About Race by Rene Ede-Lodge. Um, there's, you know, race critical theory. If it's about LGBT plus, there are so many resources. Start with Stonewall Riots, why that was there, why that happened, to look at the research and the information around UK Black Pride and making those synergies and connections. So that's about doing your homework. Then I would say second, make sure you are listening to those with the lived experience who are telling you this is what is happening for them, this is how it feels, and this is what they want to do about it. Don't, as you rightfully said, Sarah, don't make this about you as an individual and center yourself in a struggle or a movement that is not necessarily about you, but think about how you can listen and actually actively listen and engage thirdly i would say this is about putting your money where your mouth is if you can if you are working in a big organization or you're leading an organization or you have you know a pretty penny or two think about how you can support by donating to those grassroots organizations which haven't historically had the same funding or resources as other big entities you know, it goes a long way if an organisation which is, you know, grassroots led can have some resource to continue doing the very necessary and important work that they do. Then I would say there's about volunteering. On most people's websites, you can volunteer your time, whether it is for a Pride event or whether you have some skills around financing, marketing, IT, whatever that may be. Volunteer your time, whether it's one hour for the month, it's helpful. And I know some companies, especially corporates or commercials, they do give volunteering Mm. time to their staff so it's good but then lastly if your allyship is not rooted in solidarity then it's not allyship so solidarity is absolutely key in really wanting to help affect change even if it doesn't seem like it's your struggle because we have to understand your struggle, Sarah, has got to be my struggle and my struggle has to be yours. That's the only way we are going to come together collectively if we're talking about Black Lives Matter, if we're talking about stamping out transphobia in our communities, if we're talking about, you know, the lack of access that our disabled or differently abled persons are going through, if we're talking about young people and them not being seen or not having adequate housing, if we're talking about women and the equal pay gap that still exists, if we're talking about any of those protected characteristics, we have got to be able to be in solidarity with each other and also listen to each other. So I hope that's helpful for your wonderful listeners. (laughs) Wow, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Sarah. Thank you so much, Phil. My final very quick question, because we ask all of our guests this, is if you were going to share one piece of career advice with everybody, what would it be? Oh, gosh, now you've got me. (laughs) I would say 
one piece of career advice, I don't deal with just authenticity because that's very different for each person and how people experience you. But I do deal with bringing your whole professional self to the table and knowing that what you have to say is valid and is worthy and it's necessary to be heard. Don't shy away from speaking up and don't have yourself silenced in spaces where you haven't ordinarily spoken before. And know that there are other people out there who are rooting for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you for listening to today's special episode of the Squiggly Careers Changemakers podcast. I hope you found listening to Phil as inspiring as I did talking to her. As always, in our show notes, we'll include lots of links if you want to find out more. And don't forget, you can also listen to our other short conversations with LinkedIn Changemakers, including Dr. Layla Ajaralu sharing her work on sustainability and Martin Sibley, who discusses disability equality. That's all for today. We'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 